With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind. A mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick. The latest NFL news and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. Gobble, gobble. Yes, this is Turkey Week. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. My name is Michael Nazarak, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my very good friend, uh, Happy Thanksgiving, Chris. This is Chris Rito. Here he is. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your uh, charming bride, sir, and also also to all of our listeners. I hope you guys all have a great turkey day with lots of good food, lots of good football, lots of good family and friends, all the good, all the good favorite F-words. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Lots of fun. Lots to discuss tonight. Uh, wow, uh, this is week 12, uh, and I guess technically this is only going to be two-thirds of the way through the season because we've got 18 weeks, but uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, let's get right to some of the key injuries and such, and we've got a couple of interesting releases to discuss, too. So, uh, first of all, in New York, uh, the New York Jets, uh, uh, everyone's been riding the Michael Carter uh, wagon there, so gaining a lot of steam and all. Well, uh, he suffered a uh, low-grade high uh, ankle sprain, and he's going to be out two to three weeks. So you've got Tevin uh, Coleman over there. You've got Ty Johnson. Uh, what's the fantasy impact, Chris, uh, for fantasy owners, and who should they grab if one or both of those guys are available? Yeah, this is this is a really tough blow because Michael Carter was really starting to play well, and, and they had really nice matchups for running backs this week and next week. And then they get really tough matchups kind of throughout the rest of what would be our fantasy playoffs and regular season. So this this is a real big blow for those people that were kind of looking at Michael Carter down the stretch. Um, it's hard to say. Tevin Coleman got most of the snaps and touches uh, of the two of them after Carter left the game last week. Um, Ty Johnson's been more productive and more effective, but Coleman knows the offense a little bit better and, and probably is a better running back for whatever that's worth. Um, I think if you're in a PPR, you probably go with, uh, you go with Ty Johnson because he's shown some real receiving chops uh, this year when given the chance had some big games, but I think in a basic scoring system or in one that's not just, or even a non PPR league, you might want to think about Tevin Coleman because I, I believe he's probably going to get more carries and touches uh, of the two of them. 
I agree with you completely on that. Uh, moving on over to New Orleans, another big running back situation, and this is getting dire uh, day by day here. Uh, of course, Alvin Kamara's missed the last couple of games with a sprained MCL in his knee. Uh, Sean Payton was kind of mum on the whole situation. We didn't know it was this bad until he missed the first game, and then last week he came back and was limited on Wednesday and sat and didn't play. And they had Mark Ingram. Well, now Mark Ingram's come, popped up with a knee injury. He was limited in practice on Monday. He sat today. And now things are trending that maybe he might not be able to go. So, um, Ty Montgomery, uh, I'm not sure there. I think he's dinged too. Uh, Chris, what are the options in New Orleans? What do you think they're going to do for the running game this week? Uh, I mean, Ty Ty Montgomery is very intriguing because you may recall a few years ago when he stepped in when he was just a wide receiver still and played some decent running back uh, down the stretch, won some people some fantasy titles, especially in PPR leagues uh, when he was at the Packers. But – I think, if I'm not mistaken, Tony Jones was back last week, saw some, some you know, cameo appearances. Um, I, That's I also true. Wonder if, I also wonder if this Mark Ingram sitting today might just not be preserving the veteran who's a little bit banged up because he's all they have. I really don't know the answer to that. I've not heard anything. You know, I don't know anything any more than anyone else does with regard to that. But I, I'm wondering if Ingram isn't still going to play, and they were just doing some veteran rest and protection of their only remaining running back asset. If he's not in there, I think this – I mean, this offense is already really struggling, and I was one I was trying to stay away from, especially this week. But I think if Mark Ingram, Ingram's out, you pretty much want to avoid all the New Orleans Saints this week. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the updated injury report, and Ty Montgomery's on it. If he fully practiced, he's got a hand injury, so it looks like he's going to be able to play. And like you say, uh, I kind of forgotten because Tony Jones did come back last week, but he barely saw the field, a couple of, of uh, carries here and there. Uh, but hopefully for Saints fans and for fantasy owners of Mark Ingram, uh, we're going to get a more favorable report uh, tomorrow. Uh, you know, if he, if he practices at least in a limited fashion, maybe might be limited as questionable, then they might be doing that. Say, hey, uh, we want to make sure you're okay and ready to go because who else are we going to have here? <laughs> you know, they're going to be throwing in and, and such. But there's no Michael Thomas there. And then Adam Troutman had a kind of a breakout game last week. And uh, uh, I raised my hand here, picked him up, and played him in the FFPC main event. <laughs> Got the 19 points. But unfortunately, he uh, on his last catch, uh, a great catch near the sidelines, uh, you know, basically uh, was hung out to dry, uh, landed on his knee awkwardly, and now he's got a sprained MCL. He's just been placed on IR. He's gone four to six weeks, which is basically the rest of the season there. So uh, you've got very limited options. Trevor Simeon still looks like he's going to start. We don't know what's going on with Taysom Hill there. Uh, the Saints offense is kind of a mess, and like you say, if there's no Mark Ingram there, uh, I, I don't know how many people would want to grab Tony Jones and uh, and try to try to go with him uh this week uh you know it's 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 not it's not a good idea in at least in, in my opinion there okay a couple a couple of re- releases we want to talk about uh and chris reminded me about before the show because i was running a little late uh it was kind of a shock today uh tennessee titans uh they released adrian peterson uh dontrell hilliard had come up from the practice squad last sunday and uh he, he got a lot of playing time because uh, jeremy mcnichols was out with a concussion uh, and uh, because they fell behind, he was the pass catching back. He saw 10 targets, caught eight passes, 40 yards, so uh, also ran for another 30 or so. And they were so impressed, uh, and probably this is a hint that Jeremy Nichols is not ready to come back and play. Uh, they went ahead and released Adrian Peterson. So now you got Dante Foreman there, you got Dontrell Hilliard, and you may have G- Jeremy McNichols back. Uh, what's the uh, fantasy impact here, uh, Chris? Who, who do you start? Who do you think is going to see the main uh, touches in this game? And, uh, and what's, what's, what do you think they're playing? And they're playing the, the Patriots this week. Wow, what, what a week. Yeah, I, I mean, 
you don't start any one of them this week for sure. But I think going forward, my gut feeling is that it's going to be Dante Foreman being the, the early down back. Um, mm-hmm. He's got some pass catching skill, obviously, but I think he's going to be the early down back with Hilliard as the third down back and, and a change of pace guy. They've both shown that they can, they can, you know, be productive and they showed a lot more pop than, than Adrian Peterson. It's really sad to watch Peterson the last few years, just hanging on, trying to go around. It's like, it was, it's been like a six year, cycle of just watching him try and hang on. You remember the last year of Emmett Smith's career when he was in Arizona where it was clear he was just hanging around to break the record. He really wasn't uh, – he was a shell of himself. It's been like that, yep. you know, times 10, but on like six different teams, you know, for, or something like that for the last few years. So it's it's really hard to watch. You know, good luck, Adrian. Retire. You've earned it. Get yourself ready for your yellow jacket. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. Uh, I, I loved him back in the day. Um, as a Derrick Henry owner in a FFPC Pros versus Joe's Dynasty League, we uh, we we spent a lot of money on AP and uh, yeah, I got three games out of it. But you know, they said that he may come back. I'm not sure what that means, but uh, you know, obviously uh, it was very clear from looking at the film and all that Dante Foreman was uh, outplaying him uh, and and basically pushing him out of a job there. And when they needed uh, Hilliard uh, to sign Hilliard uh, because we don't know when the McNichols is coming back, then basically you know he, he was expendable there. By the way, for all these Saints fans. Up there, they they play the the, um, the Buffalo Bills on Turkey Day, uh, so that's uh, that's another reason why they need Mark Ingram to play. And uh, probably Tony Jones is not a very good play if, if if he has to start in that game against the Bills. It's it's not good. Another kind of surprising release, uh, and it's one for uh, with all those undrafted running backs. You know, uh, power to them. Philip Lindsay, who made a big splash and looked like he was going to be the man in Denver, and then they signed Melvin Gordon, and that kind of fell apart. And then they let him, you know, seek his own trade or whatnot, and, and then they ended up releasing him. And he signed with uh, with Houston, and, and he's just, I don't know, been a shell of himself there. Uh, maybe because the offensive line is not exactly the best thing in the world, but scored a couple touchdowns early in the year. That didn't catch many passes, if any at all. Uh, and they ended up cutting him uh, this week. Uh, Rex Burkhead looks like he's taken over there. They they picked up Royce Freeman. He was inactive last week. Looks like he's going to be active. And of course, you got David Johnson still hanging around there. But there's no there's no uh, Philip Lindsay. Uh, Chris, uh, who do you think is going to be the primary benefactor here of this release in Houston? And I want to get your thoughts on Philip Lindsay and where he he might end up. Yeah, I, I think the, I think both Burkhead and Johnson are going to be benefactors. Uh, I think they're both going to see an uptick. Uh, in, in their touches. I think Royce Freeman is just there for insurance. I, I don't really see him being much of a factor for fantasy going forward. Um, both these Burkhead and Johnson are, are going to be, uh, are, are can catch passes pretty well. So I, I think they're both potentially, you know, have equal value going forward. Johnson's more of a, a, a pure running back, a better running back. So I think short term, especially this week against the Jets, a very poor run defense. David Johnson is a fabulous bye week villain. If you got, Maybe CEH is one of your running backs, you know, or someone that's down this week. But uh, going going forward, I think probably both of those will show a slight uptick. I kind of favor Johnson as a guy who I think probably has more potential to be uh, to be more of a factor on any given week. Now, as far as Philip Lindsay, I think one of the most intriguing things about his potential being a you know, Colorado native and a former Bronco, I think he might end up back in Denver. Not because they need him this year, um, but I think. You know, Melvin Gordon's at the end of his contract. They got a you know high draft pick invested in Javante Williams. They'll need somebody to pair with him. Maybe somebody that's a little bit quicker and a little bit more of a change of pace. So I think maybe they'll re-sign him, keep him for running back depth this year. 
He was very popular with the, with the local fans. And then next year when they let Melvin Gordon go uh, to, to either, you know, to go somewhere else and have Javante Williams be their main back, they'll have Phillip Lindsay as their complimentary back. I can see that happening, uh, unless uh, possibly, um, you know, the the Texans think he's done, and uh, you know, it, it all depends on how the Broncos view what he's done and what he can still do. And of course, they would keep bring him in, probably and work him out, and make a decision there. But I think that makes perfect sense in in my eyes too. And speaking of David Johnson, um, uh, you know, in my main event team, a uh, uh, bit of a losing streak, but we're still nine and two in the main event. Uh, our running backs to begin the year were Gus Edwards and Aaron Jones, and uh, we've suffered without Aaron Jones now for a week. Uh, we were hoping he's coming back this week, but not. Our other backs are David Johnson and J.D. McKissick, and so I'm, I'm all on the board on the David Johnson train here to see if, uh, you know, hopefully he can maybe sneak in a score, do, do something, and, and get double-digit uh, points this week uh, since it's the last week of the of the regular season. Uh, we need we need a win to clinch the one seed uh, for our league, and, you know, so I'm all on board there. Uh, well, let's get right to the short a list of uh, injury, key injuries here for this week. Uh, Lamar Jackson, of course, uh, was a surprise inactive. He was sick as a dog uh, on game day. Status is still uncertain, but we'll see if he can practice uh, this week, and then he'll be able to return there. Justin Fields with a rib injury uh, sat on Monday and Tuesday. He's not expected to start. It's just too much of a turnaround, quick turnaround there. Andy Dalton's going to start for the Bears this week. Um, in New York, uh, Joe Flacco, uh, as well as Mike White, uh, the flash in the pan guy there, he caught COVID. Uh, Flacco is also on the reserve COVID list. Uh, he's deemed a close contact. The good news there is that Zach Wilson with his knee was way away from them, uh, and he's been deemed 100, close enough to 100% that he's expected to start this week. Uh, like I said, Aaron Jones with the knee. We'll see if he can practice this week. Otherwise, he'll sit through the bye and likely come back the next week after that. Zeke Elliott already said this week that he's got a, it's a minor knee injury. Also looked like he rolled his ankle last uh, last week during the game, but he came back in. He uh, was upgraded to full practice on Tuesday, so he's going to play this week. Uh, and that's good for the Cowboys because they, they need to rebound coming off that uh, disappointing loss against the uh, the Chiefs last week. Cordero Patterson with the ankle still uncertain. We'll see if he can practice this week. He was unlimited, but there's a big difference between being limited and, you know, kind of getting out there and trying to run around and making hard cuts. Cause we'll see if he can play. He supposedly has a high ankle sprain. Elijah Mitchell for the 49ers with the rib and a finger, mostly the finger is day-to-day. If he can uh, show that he can uh, hold on to the football and such, then he'll be able to play. Uh, big big news, of course, in Dallas is that Omar Cooper uh, had COVID, and uh, he's unvaccinated, so uh, he, I believe he's out. He was out last week. He's going to be miss the, the Turkey Day game, and Michael Irvin's not happy about that, but it is what it is. C.D. Lamb hit his head uh, trying to make a catch uh, right before halftime of the game this past Sunday. Uh, he went in concussion protocol. He sat on Monday and Tuesday. He says, says Stephen Jones says he still has a chance to play. We'll see if he can clear the protocol by uh, Wednesday evening and then possibly play on Thursday. It's very iffy there. Make sure you've got other plans if you've got Lamb on your team. Marquise Brown with a thigh. Uh, he didn't play last week. Uh, you know, Hopefully he can practice and play. A.J. Brown with a chest. Uh, doesn't look good for him, but uh, it's, been a, it's been a big uh, cycle of rotation of injuries there for the Titans. It's a terrible matchup against the Patriots anyway, so I'd probably end up sitting him. Allen Robinson missed a, missed a game last week with a hamstring. He sat this week, uh, Monday and Tuesday, so it doesn't look like he's going to play. Everyone's out talking about Antonio Brown. Hey, Gronkowski came back. Yay. Uh, uh, he's healthy, but uh, Antonio Brown with the ankle, he's making progress. 
because it's a short week because they played on Monday, uh, they usually have a walkthrough on Wednesday. So we're not going to know if he's going to actually get out there and be able to practice and show any kind of uh, ability to play until Thursday or Friday. And then, of course, we'll, we'll get the status on there. Um, a couple of tight ends. Uh, Logan Thomas, uh, the hamstring, placed on IR. Uh, of course, uh, he's eligible to come back. He's expected to practice on Wednesday. It's very iffy. They're opening that 21-day window. ZV can play. So I wouldn't count on it. But, you know, who knows? He might surprise. I already mentioned this, Adam Trammell place on IR expected for or gone four to six weeks uh, so don't expect him back till, until at the very end of the season if that at all and we'll be right back after this important message you know you want to dominate your fantasy football league manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source fantasy football mastermind found on the web at ffmastermind.com there's plenty of good free stuff and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim. Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Yeah, we want to urge everyone to check out our website, ffmastermind.com. One more thing before I continue here. I want to, want to thank everybody for listening to the show. Well, we've seen a burst of growth uh, for, for listenership over the last four weeks. It's uh, almost doubled. Uh, so uh, I think somebody picked this up somewhere on some channel, maybe it has sports, uh, Fantasy Sports Channel. I'm not sure if they're still around, but we appreciate everybody turning and listening to the show. Uh, hopefully we've been able to help you win. And, and check out our website. We've got a lot of good stuff on there, including our free NFL Quick Bits page with the late-breaking news information. Uh, we updated it every single day. We've been doing this for 26 years on the site. Of course, we're still producing free Iron Sky scouting reports, including those that cover the Colts from Chris Rito. Our weekly in-season fantasy newsletters, we have our mid-season sales, $14.95, the price of a large pizza to check us out. You can check out the, the, the market uh, feature, which is our uh, meat and potatoes over our newsletter from back from week three as well as in week ten. And, of course, check out our Inside Slant feature, special, uh, cool, every every week feature. Uh, it highlights one player that either should do very well or do very poorly <laughs> against uh, the uh, mm-hmm. uh, upcoming opponent for that week. Uh, week four is there for you to view. And please check me out on Twitter, at FFMastermind. Let's get right to the picks and clicks for the week. All right, Chris, give me a couple of quarterbacks you like this week and why. Uh, I like Danger Russ this week. Even with his struggles, struggles since returning from injury, this passing game just has way too much talent, in my eyes, to be down for very long. And a visit to Washington is usually the cure for what ails your passing game. They've allowed the most points to quarterbacks, the most touchdowns, and the most yards per game. And th- amazingly, they've allowed seven of ten opposing quarterbacks the top 27 fantasy points so far this year. And with the run game in Seattle kind of erratic, uh, this looks like it might be a higher volume day for Russ Wilson than usual. Wilson's actually been remarkably good in the Eastern time zone, too, for his whole career, with six games over 25 fantasy points out East just in the last three seasons. So I I like Wilson to rebound. Uh, And then I like Joe Burrow this week. I know this one's a little sketchy because the Steelers are a little weaker statistically against the run than against the pass. And it goes against the hot hand theory because Burrow has had his lowest two fantasy outputs the last two weeks. And only has one touchdown in the last two weeks while Mixon's been going off. But the Steel Curtain made its mark in its passing stats against a string of four straight terrible passing offenses before last week playing the Chargers. And this weakness really showed up. Herbert annihilated him. Um, Burrow threw three touchdowns against Pittsburgh back in week three. And this time the defense is missing a lot of key players 
as compared to that game. So I think he has another solid day and returns to the kind of Joe Burrow scoring we had seen through week eight. Okay. A couple of guys I like this week. Uh, well, what's not to like about the GOAT, Tom Brady? I know he hasn't really been tearing it up lately here, but, boy, this is a big, huge game coming against the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are hot. The guy, Jonathan Taylor, hadn't been passing much, but I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game, and the Colts' secondary is injury-riddled, not very good, giving up a lot of passing yards and such. And if, especially if Tom Brady gets Antonio Brown back this week, I mean, they got Evans and Godwin and uh, Gronk back, so I think he's going to roll it up. We're looking at probably 30-plus points out of Tom Brady. You start him if you own him. Cam Newton, uh, you know, he showed you what you can do, two touchdown passes. Runs another one in. Uh, he's going to get it done against Miami this week. And nothing new there. So if you need him, start him. I like him. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week. Uh, Tua, Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, he uh, he had a fairly good game last week. They're playing the Panthers. I know the Panthers kind of up and down, but that defense is pretty solid. So I would not expect a big game from Tua this week. Uh, be careful there. And uh, Derek Carr, boy, he, I think he really misses Henry Ruggs. And the fact that they don't have that real true deep threat, uh, it's it's kind of clamping down on the running game and forcing Derek Carr to f- try and force the ball in. And the Cowboys are big playmakers. Uh, they're going to rebound at home on Turkey Day this week. I don't think Derek Carr is going to have a very good game, so be careful there. How about you, Chris, a couple of uh, quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why? Uh, you know, Andy Dalton's going to be kind of a popular streamer this week. And I know he's motivated. I know he had a great relief appearance last week. And, yes, I know it's the Lions. But the Lions have actually been pretty good against the pass, and only partially because they're beatable on the ground. Um, they've been in most of their games uh, despite being winless and have not been victimized by run-heavy game scripts either. So um, they've held five of the last seven opposing quarterbacks under 20 fantasy points, and they have not allowed even running quarterbacks to get free. So even a surprise start by Fields is, is not a lot for points here. I know it's crazy, but the Lions seem to almost always get up for their games on Turkey Day. Wild prediction, I think they shut down Chicago's sketchy offense and get a win, cementing the, the firing of Matt Nagy. How's that for a bold prediction? The Lions. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I don't like Ryan Tannehill this week. I mean, the offenses look bad without Henry. They seem to be regressing a bit each week. They've got no Julio and maybe even no A.J. Brown this week. Uh, there's not a lot of hope for a sudden breakout. Now, even with two rushing touchdowns the last three weeks, Tannehill's averaging under 17 points per game since Henry went out. He was averaging 22.5 points per game with him. And just to make matters worse, they get to play just a crushing New England defense out in Foxborough. They've had three extra days rest, and they've, they're riding a string of allowing under 10 points per game to quarterbacks in the last three weeks. This one could get real ugly. Okay, how about running backs? A couple of running backs you like this week and why? Uh, we mentioned David Johnson earlier. Uh, one of the few chances he might get to get some really heavy usage as a runner this week, especially with the, the Lindsay release, the Jets are appallingly bad at stopping opposing running backs. I mean, even bad ones like, like Miles Gaskin last week had a big game. So um, they've allowed 15 running back touchdowns in the last five weeks and more than 36 points per game to running backs in the last five weeks, more than 12 points per game, more than the second-place team. DJ's dominated snaps and touches, and he's the only running back in Houston to receive a target in the last three weeks. So he looks to be the best bet to take advantage of this matchup. And another guy you mentioned earlier, you said you got David Johnson and J.D. McKissick on one of your teams. I think J.D.'s been underutilized since the bye week, and maybe even someone might have benched or dropped him, so take a peek out there. Um, the Seahawks have allowed the third most points to fantasy running backs for the season, and they've been especially brutalized by pass-catching backs with their numbers allowed in the air to running backs blowing everyone else away. Um, the run defense has actually been pretty good of late, with no running back posting more than 66 rushing yards in the last five weeks. So I don't expect Gibson to continue to post his huge volume or success on the early downs either, therefore increasing the odds McKissick sees the field on his third down. 
Okay. A uh, couple of guys I like this week. Uh, James Robinson, uh, you know, he battled through that injury, scored a late touchdown last week. But, uh, you know, so if he's healthy, he can get through the whole week. I think he's going to do just fine against the Atlanta Falcons defense. I know they, they, they fared fairly well, but if you combine all the yards they gave up last week as well, over 100 yards uh, to the Patriots, I think James Robinson uh, it will, will come close, if not top 100 yards and, and a score. Uh, and also, Turkey Day, you know, I said uh, Dallas, yep. Uh, well, they're short on wide receivers, but I think Z's going to play, obviously, with Tony Pollard. And uh, I've been pairing them together in my uh, one of my uh, other leagues, uh, doing well. I think they're both going to roll up the yards, and uh, they both could score against uh, the Vegas uh, Raiders this week. So if you need either and or Pollard or Zeke, you're going to start him. Of course, if you got Zeke, you're going to start him. But you should consider Pollard, too, if you're in need there. A couple guys I'm concerned about. Miles Gaskin, up, down, up, down, up, down. Every other week he's up. Uh, every other week he's down. In the even number of weeks, he's never broken 8.6 uh, PPR points, and in the odd number of weeks, he's never produced less than 10.4. He's got a 17, a 17, a 16, and a 31 in those weeks. Well, unfortunately, it's an even week, so I sit him. <laughs> how's that for uh, for? <laughs> how's that for meaning? Uh, yeah, for reasons. Okay, move on. Daryl Anderson, Rams, Packers are going to limit him. I'm just uh, concerned about that a little bit. So obviously, you might start him as a two or maybe even a three if you got depth there. But if you've got a better option, uh, go with it. Uh, how about you, Chris? A couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why? Uh, I, I, we talked a little earlier about this. I don't like Mark Ingram this week. Don't let the overall stats or recency bias influence you. The Bills still have a really good run defense. Uh, the Bills have been way ahead as the best at limiting the fantasy running back until Jonathan Taylor's one week vaulted them suddenly into the middle of the pack overall. Um, this is known as an outlier for you statisticians out there. And I think on a short week, they take out their frustrations. They're probably pretty grumpy about being on the road on Thanksgiving. Uh, they take it out in a New Orleans offense that's laboring without a viable passing threat to lighten the box. And like you mentioned, Ingram's also a little bit dinged and could be limited in his effectiveness, uh, possibly even not play. And then I don't like Leonard Fournette this week. Uh, he is a game script limited fantasy play. And this week looks like a week where he may just not get a ton of action. Um, the Bucks should lean on the pass, like you mentioned earlier, even more than usual this week against the secondary of the Colts. And I know they're also looking ahead to the playoffs, and they want to keep him fresh for the playoff run like they did last year, especially on a short week and on the road. Uh, you may have noticed that Ronald Jones got a few more looks than usual on Monday Night Football. I think this is part of that sure as did. well. Uh, Factor in also the Colts are among the best run defenses in the league and that they've only yielded three rushing touchdowns so far this year. I think you probably have a better option than Leonard Point. Yep, I agree with that. How about a couple of wide receivers you like and why? Uh, I love Keenan Allen this week. I know it's a little bit of a contrarian play when you look at the season stats here, because Allen's very dependent on his reliably high volume for PPR scoring, uh, and he's only scored twice this year and only once since week three. Now we face the Broncos team that's allowed the fewest wide receiver receptions and only one wide receiver to top 50 yards since week six. All the fantasy scoring by the wide receiver has been to touchdowns, and he simply hasn't scored much. But he still leads the team in red zone targets, and therefore one could say he is statistically overdue for a touchdown or two here. And the nice big history context here is that he loves playing in Denver. He has scored in five of his career six games in Denver, totaling six touchdowns in this series. So don't discount him based on the 2021 statistical matchup and always play your studs. Um, I like Emmanuel Sanders this week, too. The Bills are due for a bounce back, and they could not ask for a much better opponent than New Orleans on a short week. Sanders seen a bit of dips in his target recently, although only one of these games was a, uh, was a run-heavy game script, which kind of took him out. This week, he's going to face off coverage as Marshawn Lattimore certainly will be locked on a dig. And the number two guys have been the ones that have killed the Saints all season, especially downfield threats. 
He's also faced the Saints twice in his career, once with San Francisco, once with Denver. He got nine targets in each game, and he's averaging over 100 yards a game in this for some really intriguing history here. Okay. A couple guys I like this week, uh, wide receiver. Uh, well, you mentioned Russ Wilson against the Washington uh, football team, and uh, it goes right along with D.K. Metcalf, so I think he's going to rebound with a score uh, this week. Uh, it's, I can't believe it's been, what, two weeks and Russ hasn't done anything. <laughs> Metcalf's going to break out in this game. Brandon Cooks, Houston, I think he's going to score on the Jets this week. Uh, you know, much more to say there. I think Tyrod Taylor is playing a little bit better there, and uh, Cooks is way overdue for a score and a good game. So start him if you need him. A couple of guys I'm concerned about. Jarvis Landry's got that knee injury. They're playing the Ravens. It's not a good option uh, for him. So, you know, uh, if you have to start him, start him, but don't expect much. And uh, like you said, Cortland Sutton, uh, you know, he's taking a back seat in the jury duty lately, and they're playing the Chargers. Chargers have a relatively good uh, pass defense against the wide receivers. I know it was a little bit of a wild game last Sunday night and all, but I think that uh, that Jerry Judy and uh, probably Tim Patrick are going to get most of the touches in this game. And Cortland Sutton just hasn't done much with all three wide receivers healthy. Um, not quite sure why, but, you know, until it happens, until he breaks out there, then I'm, I'm concerned. And if, if I've got other options, then I go with him. How about you, a couple wide receivers you're not crazy about, and why, Chris? Uh, my big caution play is A.J. Brown this week. He's basically disappeared since Henry and Julio Jones went down. His opposing defense is totally focused on taking him out of the game as the only threat. Uh, and now the Red Hot Patriots' top-rated pass defense comes on the schedule, and the one thing Belichick does is take away your best threat, or in this case, your only threat. Uh, Brown's rib injury came back as non-broken, so I believe he will play this week. But this does not look like a game that's going to break him out of his funk. So I'm, I would lower expectations to low-end number two wide receiver in my book, but you got to start him if he's active. And I don't like Marcus Callaway this week. Yeah, I know he scored in three straight games, but he's also been under 37 yards for five straight games and under 40 in eight of his ten games this season. Um, since Simeon took over, he's also fifth on the team in targets and third amongst wide receivers for a low-volume passing game this, this week that faces a very tough pass defense. One that also totally shuts down opposing number ones and the deep game in particular. I think it's best to avoid this whole offense, like you said earlier, especially this week, and especially a guy that's fading in priority amongst the weak options that they have. There you go. Uh, how about uh, tight end? A couple of tight ends you like and why? Uh, I love me some Gronk this week. Uh, those that risked putting him into their lineup on Monday Night Football were rewarded with a surprisingly solid PPR game, even though he didn't find the end zone. But he also only played very limited snaps due to his, his conditioning from being out for a while. With another week under his belt, I look for him to reclaim his place in the pecking order for Tampa and just tee off on a Colts defense that has been shredded by opposing tight ends all season. Um, he also has a great history against Indy, scoring seven touchdowns in seven career games and averaging 20 PPR points per game against Indianapolis since his rookie year. So loves some Gronk this week. Uh, and then I like Evan Ingram. Uh, the only team giving up more to the tight end in the Colts are the Eagles, and they are giving up a ton more. They've allowed the most catches, the most yards, the most touchdowns in the tight end position, and have allowed a tight end touchdown in eight of their last nine games. Amazingly, opposing tight ends have averaged under a tick under 20 points per game in PPR this season against Philadelphia. So as disappointing as Ingram and the Giants have been, Ingram has actually been a low-end PPR tight end one for three straight games before his clunker on Monday night. So this is his best chance to have a great game. So he's a fine streamer for those with Kelsey or Ertz on a bye. 
Yeah, I agree with you that, and that's it. Go Adam Troutman last week against those Eagles. Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Dalton Schultz, I think it's pretty much a self-explanatory. If there's no Sadie Lamb and no Amari Cooper, yeah, you're looking at Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson, and, of course, Dalton Schultz. He's going to he's gonna be a great PPR play in this offense this, this week on Turkey Day. And Noah Fanta, Denver, the Chargers have also given up nine tight end scores, just like the Raiders have. So, so I think Fant's going to get his this week. So, if Need him, start him, even though they're coming off the bye and he hasn't done much recently. A couple guys I'm concerned about, Jared Cook. Uh, boy, I tell you, he's really struggling. Broncos have yet to allow a touchdown to the tight end, so that's a bad matchup. He's also losing uh, snaps, uh, targets, everything to Donald Parham, also Steven Anderson here and there. Uh, so if you've got a better option than Cook, uh, take it. And the entire Tennessee uh, defense, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the Tennessee Titans uh, <laughs> tight end core, uh, whether it's Jeff Swain who's trying to come back from a concussion or Anthony Ferkser or Michael Pruitt, uh, bench them all against the Patriots. The Patriots' defense is so hot right now, I, I don't know, even know how the Titans are going to score in this game. I, I just avoid all those tight ends. How about you, Chris? A couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why this week? Yeah, speaking of the Titans, uh, how about their opponent? I, I don't like uh, Hunter Henry this week. The Titans have a lot amongst the fewest tight end stats in all categories. And uh, I also suspect that their inability to stop the run or the wide receiver, that Henry will not get used a whole lot this week anyway. So Henry was not dominated targets or receptions on snaps or, or snaps when both he and John New Smith have been in the lineup, but he has scored more touchdowns, so it looks like he's a dominant tight end. Plus, you were talking about a reverse revenge game. I think Henry's going to struggle because the other guy, John New Smith, you know he wants to vulture a red zone look against his former franchise. And he's been getting talked up this week by the coaching staff. So I, I like John New this week, but I think Henry's going to really – step back, but I don't think he's going to score. Uh, and then I don't like Tyler Conklin. Ever since Hawkinson exploded on the Niners in week one, this unit has allowed a total of 197 yards and 24 catches to the tight end position in 10 weeks. This past week, they completely shut out Dan Arnold, who had led tight ends and targets and catches over the previous month. Now, Conklin feasted on a string of top matchups for three weeks, just like we predicted, but he crashed back to reality this week, and this week looks to stay down against a team that likely will be run on rather than thrown on. I agree with that completely, especially about Darn and Darnold looked into it. He played 40 snaps and ran 27 routes and did not get a target at all. So they must have been all over him. All right, uh, one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with them. Give me a couple of kickers that are greater than 30th in kicker points per game and less than 10% owned. It's going to be a big week for waiver wires because Butker and Prater are both the two guys out this week. Look at Kaimi Fairbairn of Houston. Uh, he's had back-to-back double-digit weeks, and he's facing the team that's allowed the most kicker points. He's also playing indoors in November. And then I like Cairo Santos on Thanksgiving in Detroit. He's also indoors. Uh, no one allows as many field goal attempts as Detroit. And Turkey Day has allowed an average of, of uh, 10.5 points per game to opposing kickers the last four seasons. So I, I like Chicago's kicker. A couple of defenses. I like Cleveland at Baltimore. Would you believe that the Ravens have allowed the most fantasy points per game to opposing defenses both season long and recently? Cleveland's wow. defense is talented. The weather, the weather could be cold on Sunday night. And I think they're going to get up for their former Browns franchise. And I like the Eagles against the Giants. Um, the Eagles have been very hot, and the G-men have been very not. <laughs> so I don't really like, know what, what, what else to say. And then kind of a sneaky one that came up at the last minute. We, we mentioned the thing with the, the, the quarterbacks in, in the Jets with Zach Wilson going back into the starting lineup. I like Houston as a sneaky waiver wire play uh, against those Jets. I agree with you there. Uh, I, I heard the Giants offense – 
described as hot garbage <laughs> on Twitter uh, by the guy over at SNY.TV. And I tell you, I could not agree more with him. And apparently the Giants did too because they fired uh, offensive coordinator Steve Garrett, uh, I mean Jason Garrett, uh, today. So, yeah, uh, my team, uh, my favorite team needs an overhaul offensively, and uh, hopefully this uh, change will uh, boost something and do something because – I don't know why you sign a guy to a $67 million contract in Kenny Galladay and throw it to him two times uh, the entire game uh, You know when he's healthy. That just makes no sense at all. But anyway, anyway, we want to thank everyone for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Michael Masrek. Uh See you all next week when we preview, yep, week 13 of the NFL season. Good night and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Masrek the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.